It's easy to love the yeses of God, learning to love the noes and praising Him for it. Next, on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. get a yes from God is amazing, but we tend to think that his no's are pretty bad. Oh, he's God of the universe. He's all good. There is no sin in God, so even his no's are pretty amazing. Just ask David. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're continuing our series on the life of David, and here in 2 Samuel chapter 7, God gives David a no which elicits great praise from David because even God's no's are pretty amazing. Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today as we learn about God's no's and God's yeses and our response in the middle. I want to tell you, thank God for the prayers he has not answered in your life. Thank God his nose showed up when you didn't know which way to go. You used to think she was cute. I mean, you, you know, you, you were way off base. I'm telling you, oh, I want it, I want it, I want it. Don't break my heart. And then you get away and you walk late and say, Ooh, I'm glad I missed that one. Yeah. Who is watching out for who? And when you pray, God's got a little monitor going up. And it goes this way. You pray, he says, uh-oh, Bozo's praying again. And every once in a while, one gets through. He said, ooh, that came from the Holy Spirit. Grant that one. Uh, Bozo, about 10 Bozo requests. Give me this, give me that. I want this and want that. No, Bozo. And then all of a sudden, something happens that goes like this. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for the children of God from when we don't know what to ask for like we ought. He makes requests. That's what God gives you. And that's what you need. Have you ever sent up a bozo request? You don't raise your hand. That's enough. Thank you. I'll tell you the best stuff I got in my life. The Spirit was asking God, and I got the package and looked brilliant. You started saying, Woo, I didn't know you had so much discernment. I didn't. What did you offer? Have you ever had one of those prayer meetings where all you offered was, uh, just a grunt? You couldn't even articulate it. I need something. That's pretty indefinite. It's like going in the store and saying, I need groceries. Well, yeah, what kind? And I've had those times I just said, I need something. And you know what you start learning? You just hand the menu to God and say, God, you fill it in. You know what I need. I, I don't know what I need. Phil, I can trust you. I can trust you to fill in the blanks. So God says no to a lot of stuff. His children think they need. I don't think an apostle needs a thorn. God did. I don't think Jacob needed to be wounded there at Bethel. Good night. He's going to be the father of a nation. 
We don't need a guy with a hip out of joint leading a nation. God says, oh, yes, we do. Because I know his character and the limp's going to keep him straight. Well, he says, no. You may not like God's nose, but if you're trusting for the nose, you're going to really enjoy the yeses. Well, um, let's move on. What does God do? He sent Nathan down there to say no, and David just takes it and it just rolls off of it. You just don't hear any more about it. But notice what God says in verse 8. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will. Now notice this I will. This is not the I will of Satan. This is God talking. I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men of the earth. Now look, at the same, same meeting with a prophet, God has just said no to a building project. And then he says, I'm going to become your PR agent, David. I'm going to see to it everybody knows your name. He said it to Abraham, and now he's saying it to David. I want everybody to know your name. Now, now I tell you, when God wants to make your name known, he can do it. But why would anybody want to know MacArthur's name, Billy Joe's name, or Bubba's name? Why would God do this? Watch. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. And this happened uh, shortly. You read in chapters 8 through 10, David vanquishes many of the enemies, so he sets up the kingdom for Solomon. And by the time Solomon comes on the scene, the enemies have been vanquished. And so there's an immediate fulfillment. He gives them immediate peace after David wins all of his battles. But I think it's a promise, as we will see, that will have ramifications even to the future. The Lord, notice, declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Now he's not talking about a building here. He's talking about a dynasty. Your household, your posterity, when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. This is Solomon. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom for a few days. How long? Forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. Do you hear what God said to this man that he just said no to? 
I'm saying no to a temporal project, but I pledge myself to eternally bless your house. I'm going to give you a house forever. I'm going to give you a kingdom forever. Uh, I'm going to give you a reign forever. And as you follow this prophecy, you read Psalms 89. He says, God will not break this covenant he made with David. You go to Jeremiah 33. He said, my covenant with David is like my covenant with the moon and the stars and the sun. If they should pass away, then would I not keep my promise to David. But as sure as the moon is there, as sure as there's stars, as sure as there's a sun, I will see to it that I will do what I promised to David. Now, now look at this. This boy's come from taking care of sheep. This boy's been on the run for years. He's just come in and all of a sudden have God promise out of your house will be an eternal kingdom. You read Matthew 1.1, it says, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. You read Luke 1.35, where he shows up to Mary, a little young lady that's carrying Messiah, and he says, I am going to let him be born to you who will be called Jesus Christ, for he shall sit on the throne of his father David. You go to Acts 2 when Peter preaches, says, you just killed Messiah. But according to Psalms 110, God has not let Messiah decay. Skin worms didn't even get to work on Jesus those three days because God preserved his body. Nothing was chewed on. God preserved him and raised him. He said, he is now raising from the dead that he might be proven to be the son of David sitting on the throne of David. You read Revelation 3.8, I say to you at Philadelphia, I have the key of David. I've got the authority. I unlock doors. I shut them because I'm in a royal position. I'm in charge. He says in Revelation 3.21, as I have overcome and sat down on my father's throne, so I will allow you to sit on a throne with me. We'll rule the nations together. So right now, he's up there. He's in regal authority, royal authority. He has all authority. He hasn't carried out all of his program yet, but he's in the position. Someday he's going to move an out throne down to Jerusalem. And he's going to reign over the nations visibly for a thousand years, crush his enemies like a potter's vessel. But he's right now in the place to exercise all the Davidic rights of the throne, the kingdom, and the glory. We've got someone in the glory that is a descendant of David. And David had the promise right back here. The only thing that I know that comes close to this is God looking up a hell-deserving, sin-bound sinner that hates him, that is wretched in his sin, has maybe run from the grace of God, and all of a sudden God tracks him down. And he says, uh, you know what? I found you in your sin. You're from an insignificant family, an insignificant neighborhood. The only significant thing about you is how much you sin and hate me. 
And I want to tell you something. I will make you a promise. I will let you have eternal promises. I will give you eternal life. I will let you reign with me eternally. I'll let you dwell in heaven eternally. You know what? Oh, you've got to be eternal to give eternal blessings. I only give temporal blessings to my kids because I'm a temporal being. But when you're dealing with God, you can get something that's eternal. The warranty never wears out. The warranty is good for all eternity. Not 40 days or 40 feet, whichever comes first. You ever bought one of those cars? 40 days or 40 feet. God says to a sinner, I will. What do I have to do? You've got to believe that I can do it and that I want to do it. What, what do I have to fill out? What papers do I fill out? Can you believe in my son? Would you accept my... Well, yeah, that's a gift. I don't, I don't have to do anything. I just receive him. Just receive him. Well, what, how do I receive him? You're, believing is receiving, and receiving is believing. Would you take me at my word? I've never lied. I'll give you eternal life. Well, you know I'm going to goof up, don't you? Well, I'll do you like David's house. I said if they sin, and I know they will... I won't ever take my love from you. I'll just spank you hard. Look, look at this here now. Verse 14, I will be his father and he will be my son. And you love that. But there's privileges of being a father. You get to whip on your kids. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. That's a child abuse term today. It was biblical when the Bible was written. When he does wrong... I would say, freely express yourself. Oh, I will punish him with the mouth. No, these are all biblical. i got to watch. With the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. God can whip on you and still love you at the same time. Watch. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul. You know why you can know God loves you? He loves you so much he's going to whip on you in love, like he said in Hebrews 12, to shape you up. He'll never disown you, but he's got spanking privileges. Now, he knows how hard to spank. Don't read all this child abuse stuff on the living God that gives his son to die for you. Please don't go there. God knows how to raise kids. Spot doesn't. God does. We've got Spock's products running all over the place. He said, I make a promise to you. I'm going to give you something eternal. What? Good. I've got an eternal promise so I can just do as I please in a moment. Oh, no. With it comes child adjustment. And sometimes you're going to think I'm killing Because I'm going to spank you into line. And if you don't believe that's true, look at the house of David. They've gone into Babylonian captivity, 606 B.C. We went into Assyrian captivity, 585 B.C. They've been scattered among the nations. The Jewish people, my, you know, they're always saying, can't you choose somebody else? That's a Jewish cliche sarcasm. Why don't you choose somebody else if this is the way you treat the chosen? 
God is saying, I won't give up on you eternally, but I'll spank you temporally. And it's exactly what he's promised you and I in salvation. I'm going to give you things that are eternal and irrevocable, unconditional, they're based upon my character. Something very interesting, I did a study on this, and it's an expositor's commentary by Gabeline, 2 Samuel 7, footnote. Page, it's on the right-hand side. Uh, that they liken the treaties of this day, they had two kinds. They had what was uh, a, a treaty that was made between the parties, and it was terms. Uh, you do your part, I'll do my part. But then they had one that was called a land grant. And a land grant did not have conditions. It was a favor bestowed by the vassal. And he bestowed a favor on someone, and it was an irrevocable gift based upon his character. This is your property. These are your boundaries. I'm giving this based upon my will, my possessions. It's not because you do anything. And that's what God gave David. David's just being the king. He just heard God's no, and then God sends the prophet to tell him, by the way, young man, did you know I'm going to make you an eternal king through your son, Jesus? Did you know I'm going to give you an eternal reign through your son, Jesus? Look how David responds. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as, as if this were not enough in your sight, O sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. Is this your usual way with dealing with man, O sovereign Lord? It is not his usual way. Name the people on this earth that God has made divine, irrevocable promises to. I have never had a president or a king make a promise to me, nor my family, nor my ancestors. We were just commoners. I have never, the closest I ever got to a president was a prayer breakfast with Reagan, and there was 3,000 of us in the room. But I hear God say to a boy that grew up around dirty, smelly sheep, you, you, in humility, you're acknowledging, who am I to receive a royal promise from God? I ask you, who are you that God would make you any promises? What have you brought to God that he needed? And David, in humility, saying, I have just been told things that would make someone's ears tingle to think just think if God showed up and said to me, your posterity out of you mister are going to come kings rulers how long forever amazing staggering what more can David say to you for you know your servant O sovereign Lord for the sake of your word and according to your will you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant what brought the promise it came out of God's character, out of God's will. David didn't do anything to melt this out of God. God, and what did you do? What did you do? 
for God to ever look you up and say, I promise you eternal life, protection, care, to be your father, to raise you, to chasten you, to love you. I came up with the plan. I just want someone I can give it to. We did not invent salvation. It came out of God's will and God's word. We sin. We don't know how to deliver. He keeps on. How great you are, O sovereign Lord. See, he's now beginning to praise God. Do you want to know how to praise God? Call him sovereign Lord. That means you're in charge. Adonai Yahweh, the ruler master God. Some of you don't have a sovereign God. You've got a puppet God that you think you can boss and run. Hear me well. Your God is sovereign. You're not in charge of him. He's in charge of you. He's running the nations eventually. He's got a plan. He's not a anemic, old, uh, foggy God back in a, a warehouse that we keep him in a place locked away. He rides on the sea. He flashes lightning. He makes stars come, disappear. He is mighty, powerful, sovereign. He, this is a great and a mighty God. This is no twinky little God that you flip your remote control and he jumps. No, the controls are in his house. He's running things. He's got the day he's going to let you die and you'll fall to the ground if someone's not there to catch you. Your days are numbered. Your breath is in his hands. Your birth was designed by him. Oh, where would you have been had he not been so kind to you? Don't act like you invent him. Or, he's called a sovereign God. I, I hear all this free will stuff. Free, prisoners aren't free. Corpses aren't free. I was born dead in sin, and dead men never find God. God's got to find them. God is sovereign. If you don't like this kind, make up one of your own. This is the God that's talking to David. You're in this small nation. You're surrounded with enemies. You don't have a chance in a million that you'll even survive a whole millennium. But here, 2001, God still has Jews over in Palestine. You can't get rid of them. I don't care if it's Hitler. I don't care if it's Herod. I don't care if it's Haman. They won't go away. Because God said, I'm going to give you a posterity called Israel forever. Don't ever waste your breath to hate a Jew. God chose them. Don't mess. Evangelize them, but don't ever hate them. How have they survived? They've got a sovereign God in charge. He could bring Hitler down when he's had enough of him. Studying God's Word that we might grow in grace, that we might be encouraged in our walk and relationship with Him. You're listening to Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us this morning. It's our prayer that our time together has done just that, encouraged you in your relationship with Christ, bolstered you up for the day. 
If you would like to review today's broadcast, copies are available when you contact us. We also have the series today's message was taken from. Other resource materials available as well. The recent books authored by our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. They can all be found at our website, valleybible.org. A lot of resource materials available there. Other CDs and series as taught by Pastor Phil Howard recently here at Valley Bible Church. Again, they're all found at our store online, valleybible.org. If you wish to speak with someone directly, call during business hours, Monday through Friday, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us. 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you'd like to know where we meet for worship, service times, directions, location, it can all be found at our website, valleybible.org, and we would love to see you. Please consider this a formal invitation to join us for worship if you're not involved in a church near you. Again, directions can be found at valleybible.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And again, we mention it from time to time, it bears repeating, as TFT sustainers, financial partners with the radio broadcast, you ensure the continuation of this broadcast here on KFAX. Would you prayerfully consider how you might partner with us financially and then call us? Let us know that you're interested in becoming a TFT sustainer. We'll pass along our quarterly newsletter to you, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. The weekly video devotional will be available as well. Again, valleybible.org for more information or call 855-833-9864. No gift is too large or too small. We'd love to hear from you. Call us today and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 